Welcome to the Heart of a Man podcast. We are a movement of men in central Indiana pursuing meaningful friendships, faith, and character. If you'd like to learn more about us, please visit us at heartofaman.org. Today's talk is from our founder, Bill Moore, taking us through Acts chapters 1 through 9, looking at the power of the Holy Spirit and how we change when He shows up. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope that you're inspired by the ideas. Uh, four years ago, a guy named David Mazanowski, CEO of Mainscape, uh, answered the door at his home, and two FBI agents identified themselves and began asking questions. It wasn't long before Dave knew he was in serious trouble. In 2018, he was charged with federal crimes connected with a conspiracy to defraud Medicare of over $19 million. David was and is a born-again believer. I met David two weeks ago for a round of golf. He gave me permission to tell his story. As he told me his story, tears welled up in his eyes as he recounted the experience. And I asked him, I said, David, did you know at the time that what you were doing was wrong? And he said, you know, it was a weird experience. I really never understood that it was actually illegal until the FBI agents were describing what I did. And as the words were coming out of their mouths, I knew absolutely for certain what I did was wrong. He said, but until then, I had this sense that maybe I was crossing a line, but because everything in my business was going so well, I just felt God was just blessing me some more. Success in his business had convinced him that as a Christian, he was running tight with God. So let me ask you, what is keeping you tied to a lifestyle that might be hiding a serious failure? As Christian men, we sometimes have a sense we are crossing a line. We can be silently just hoping it's not gonna surface in a moment where someone gets hurt or we get exposed. Even as Christians, a rogue desire in our heart leads us down a path that keeps us isolated from Jesus and somehow convinces us what we're doing really isn't that bad. Heart of a Man is a group of men that have a passion to expose that darkness that's in our hearts and allow the Holy Spirit and other men to jump in and help us. We have a deep desire to live as free men and have a hunger to be free of the garbage of this world. We started studying the book of Acts at the beginning of the year and we've worked our way through chapter nine. I chose the book of Acts because in my opinion, one of the best historical counts of the disciples of Jesus right at that time after he left. It helps us connect the dots, in fact, between the worldly men that were saved and the guys that were left behind when Jesus was resurrected and ascended. And it truly showcases one of the most undervalued people in the Bible, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is mentioned 57 times in the book of Acts, clearly making him one of the primary characters in this historical narrative. With no other biblical writings coming close to this number of references, it makes this work a critical piece for our understanding of the nature and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Dr. Luke, the author of his gospel and the book of Acts, paints a very unique picture of the Holy Spirit that should cause all of us to awaken to our need to be filled and empowered by that Spirit of God. So my prayer tonight for you is that you will leave with that deep desire to learn about the Holy Spirit 
so you can, in fact, allow him to change you and fill you daily with the power and the love of Jesus that makes you different. So tonight, you had a brief opportunity to study key verses in the Bible that describe the heart of a man. In Genesis 6, 5, we read, the Lord saw how great man's wickedness was on the earth had become, and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. Soon after, God flooded the earth, killing everyone except Noah and his family, because men had, in fact, become that evil. It's hard to imagine, isn't it isn't, that things could actually be worse than they are right now, but they were. In fact, nothing's changed. 6,000 years after God had flooded the world, Mark recorded the words of Jesus that echoed the exact same thoughts of his father. He said this, from within, out of men's hearts come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. In this list, Jesus describes every single man. Last Friday, as Susie and I entered a restaurant for dinner, a man at least 20, age, 20 years my senior, a very old guy, stared down my wife like he was a 20-year-old guy at a singles bar. He had no regard for me, my wife, or his wife. It was crazy. I'm like, look at this guy. What's up with him? It was pretty offensive, I got to tell you. But it was one of the first times in my life I didn't feel like going to guns. I actually felt really bad for the guy because I'm like, I know that lustful thought. I know that lustful thinking pattern. And it's dark and it never leads me somewhere good. I feel bad for that guy. I did. I felt bad for him. I've never met a man who doesn't struggle in some way or at some time in his life with lustful thinking. Men, the fundamental basis for Christianity is that we are born evil. We are not born good and bent by our society towards an occasional evil. God and Jesus have made it crystal clear our nature, our natural direction in any and every situation is towards evil. If you disagree with this statement, and believe we are inherently good, there is no reason for you to pursue Jesus. A savior is unnecessary and incredibly illogical. Jesus only came for those who fundamentally agree they need God to change their heart because they cannot in any way change their own heart. What makes this confusing is when we accept Jesus as the only way back to God, we're told that Jesus has in fact changed us. We're a new creation. But that often falsely leads us to believe that we should not continue to have evil thoughts or act out those evil thoughts. But the reality is when we accept Jesus, we're simply giving him permission to start the transformation process on our heart and mind. And we agree to let the Holy Spirit move in. Sometimes it feels like letting your mother-in-law move in, doesn't it? It's like, I don't really want you here. But that's what we do, you guys. Unfortunately, transformation is a process that requires time, trials, study, work, pain, and cooperation with the Holy Spirit throughout the rest of your life. Theologians, of course, have a big word for this, and they call it sanctification. This sanctification process is being heavily opposed by three powerful forces, 
our natural evil self, a world that promotes and glorifies the evil heart, and a devil that constantly tempts us to go back to the old lifestyle. You must be able to recognize these opposing forces in order to successfully defeat them. The world constantly tells us that the evil behavior that God hates is actually a great measure of success and it'll bring you incredible happiness. But John 1, or 1 John 2 says this, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all of this that's in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. Jesus made it clear in the Gospel of Luke that if the world is approving of something you think is good, be certain that God sees it, and he probably calls it detestable. What Jesus is offering is being overridden with far greater frequency and with far greater appeal. Your evil heart rationalizes that it's okay. Your earthly friends are all doing it and they seem incredibly happy, especially on their social media posts. And the devil convinces you that it's not really as bad as you think it is. So what do you continue to pursue and desire that you sense may actually be wrong? God knows a man without Jesus is the walking dead. The only way back to life is through Jesus. God promised that any man who believes in Jesus will not only receive eternal life, but can live without the cravings of this evil world. In the Gospel of John, he says this, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. And then he goes on to say, streams of living water will flow from you. What he is actually saying is we can lose that hunger and thirst for the things of this world. Those cravings will go away and the water that quenches our thirst will pour out from us like a river so others can drink from that well. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey what I've commanded and I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. And when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. Paul had that experience and reminds us of what Jesus promised in his letter to the Ephesians. He said, having believed, you were marked in him and with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance. God sends the Holy Spirit when we believe in Jesus to live inside our hearts. The Holy Spirit is the other person in the Bible who's uniquely God. He and Jesus coexisted with God before time. This is the Holy Trinity. One God manifested in three persons. In Genesis 1, it says the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters before God started the creation process. Then God spoke, and his power was manifested in creation. John said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And John tells us that that word is Jesus. The Holy Spirit and Jesus are one with God. The same power of God is manifested in us to transform us. The words of God, when spoken into our hearts, ignites the power of the Holy Spirit that is living inside of us after we believe in Jesus. 
The Spirit of God is so powerful, it overrides those desires and gives us new desires and passions. It hovers over the dark waters of our heart and it brings light and life. The fuel that feeds the Holy Spirit is God's word, which we've learned is Jesus. We require a steady daily intake of this fuel to keep that spirit of God filling our hearts and our minds to smother out the old desires. And this is why King David said in Psalm 119, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Ooh, that's good. And Paul teaches us that the Holy Spirit produces fruit that is unique and only comes from a man who is planted by a river that's filled with water from the Holy Spirit. And that fruit, you know it, is love, it's joy, it's peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When that fruit is coming out of a man, it's clear he is so filled up that he is not hungry and thirsty for anything from this world. And he is producing an abundance of that fruit so as it pours out into the life of the people around him. Again, King David wrote this in the very first Psalm, Psalm 1. I wish I could sing this song, but I can't. You don't want to hear this. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf never withers. Whatever he does, he prospers. So what are you eating and drinking each day that is leaving you hungry and thirsty? What are you eating or drinking each day that is leaving you hungry and thirsty? Jesus' promise is that he will, you will never be hungry and thirsty. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you will not hunger or thirst. How are you getting filled each day so that you are not only satisfied and your appetite is satisfied, but the excess coming from you is carrying the people around you? What are you consuming that's doing that? Because it's available for you. Man, I gotta tell you guys, I get really, really excited when I think about this. I wanna feel this way every day. I wanna know that this daily life is actually available to me, and I know it is, but I wanna live it, I wanna feel it. I hate waking up with that anxious, afraid, worried sensation. I'm tired, I'm sick of it, aren't you? Are you getting tired of pursuing the things of this world? Doesn't it just wear you out? I kind of had that feeling the other day. I was like, I smoked a cigar and I'm like, I don't really like this anymore. So I'm like, I just don't think I'm gonna do this anymore. You know, it's like, I just got tired of something of this world that I felt like God was like, that's good, let it go. And not that it's bad, it's just, I needed to let that go. But he does that with other things too, you guys, that desire for cars or money or power or a job title. He takes that away. He fills that with something that makes that not even feel like something you want anymore. He removes the desire. It goes away. Jesus is promising that if we pursue him, he guarantees we will not wake up feeling that need for those things. We will wake up with a feeling of being so well-nourished, we'll have excess to give to others and we'll have a desire to share what we've been given. We'll wanna give it away. Then the book of Acts is the place where we see Jesus keeping his promise of sending the Holy Spirit. 
We, we see the apostles go from fear-filled cowards to spirit-filled world changers. The Holy Spirit is the power that drives these people to fully live their life committed to Jesus and gives them the ability to live free from the cravings and the desires of the world. They model for us their full dependence on the Holy Spirit and their passion to make sure every believer receives and lives with that same spirit. In Acts chapter one, Jesus tells the disciples to wait for the spirit to come. 50 days after his resurrection, the Holy Spirit does indeed come with flames of fire and a loud rushing wind. The apostles come out of hiding and boldly speak to the Jews in Jerusalem. Thousands of people accept Jesus that day. Peter then continues filled with the spirit to boldly preach, heal the sick and raise people from the dead for years to come until he's martyred. The result is thousands upon thousands, millions are saved. In fact, our salvation stems from Peter's work. We see Stephen filled with the spirit, boldly confronting the Sanhedrin that killed Jesus. In fact, they stoned him to death. But the coolest part of that is by Stephen's laying there, proud of what he's accomplished, knowing he's done God's work, he looks up in the heavens part and he sees Jesus stand up and look down and say, hey, welcome home, Stephen. Can you imagine that welcome? And then we see Saul trying to imprison and kill these new Christians. Jesus blinds him and radically converts Saul, renaming him to Paul. Peter and Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, lead the new believers all over the world, baptizing people with the Holy Spirit, giving them eternal life through Jesus. That's the book of Acts. That's what we're looking at. It's powerful. David Mazanowski, the CEO of Mainscape, served six months in a halfway house and six months of home arrest because he cooperated in helping the FBI identify the leaders of the crime. Four of those men are in prison today. David had to pay back the $800,000 he had received from the illegal activity. I've golfed with Dave twice now. It's truly remarkable to be around a guy who so freely expresses his failure as a Christian guy. He in fact said to me, I've got Christian friends who said, you're a hypocrite, and he said, exactly, exactly. He can clearly see how he ignored the Holy Spirit when life seemed to be incredibly good and his company was printing money. Today, David lives a simpler lifestyle, leading a family of seven and happily married to the same wife. He still runs his company, Mainscape, but with a clean book of business and a higher calling and focus. He wants to give it all to God and allow the earnings to be used fully for God's work. He leads a group called Work Light Indie to help people bring the Holy Spirit to the workplace every single day. In fact, next Friday, they have a gathering at his place in Fishers out at Mainscape. You're more than welcome to come. You can register online. David's daily pursuit of the Holy Spirit inspires me and many others to live by that spirit. Heart of a man is solely focused to help you grow as a man of God. We want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit so thoroughly that you become an incredible source of life in everyone's life that you touch. I'm praying you will see the next five weeks be something that builds your passion for the Holy Spirit. Start every day this week by following the words of Jesus from the Gospel of, John, of Luke. It says this, if then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So wake up every morning and ask him. Ask him to fill you with the Spirit and see what happens in your day. And you gotta promise you'll report back to your group and tell the stories, because I wanna hear, because I know they're gonna be incredible. 
And I'm telling you guys, they will be incredible in the smallest of ways and in the biggest of ways. But as soon as you invite the Holy Spirit and you will watch him work and he will work and you will change and the people's lives around you will be changed as well.